0: 5. Wait. One net airbag, four meat, fish, and anything that must be kept fresh figure 33 and protected from the flies. Use strong net and two or more hoops for the airbag. With pincers you can twist the two ends of strong wire together and make the hoops of size large enough to hold the net out away from a large piece of meat. Cut the net long enough to stand above and hang below the meat. Gather the top edge tightly together and sew it fast, then sew the hoop near the top of the bag. Other hoops on either side of center of bag and a hoop near bottom of bag, or so only one hoop at the top and one at the bottom. Have strong drawstrings in the bottom of the bag, and fasten a pendant hook at the top to hold the meat hanging free inside of the bag. With copper wire attach a good sized ring on top of the bag, wire it through the handle of the pendant hook and weld them together. When in use, the bag should be suspended high from the ground by means of a rope pulley run through the top ring and over the limb of a nearby tree. Similar airbags can be obtained, if desired, from camp outfitters. When selecting cooking utensils for the camp, you will find those with detachable handles packed better and for that reason are desirable. Do not forget that every checklist given may be reduced, don't think you must include all the items. For these lists give outfits for permanent as well as temporary camps. If you can manage with one towel by washing it every day, or evening, allowing it to dry during the night. One towel will be sufficient, leave the others at home. Drop from the various lists every article you can possibly dispense with and still be comfortable in camp. If you wear the camp suit traveling from home to camp, its weight and bulk will be omitted from your camp pack, and be so much to your gain, and you will maintain a good appearance notwithstanding. For if well-made and of proper fit the dress will be a suitable traveling costume. Camp packs when you intend carrying your belongings and striking the trail either part or all the way to camp. The easiest method for portage is to study things in a regular pack and fasten the pack on your back by means of strong, long straps attached to the pack and pass it over your shoulders and under your arms. A square of waterproof canvas makes a simple and good camp pack. Get a 9 by 9 feet more or less square of cloth and it will be found full as shelter, fly, ground cloth windbreak, and in other ways after reaching camp, what to put in your pack Open out your pack cloth flat on the floor, and place your folded mattress bag in the center. Fill the pillow bag with your first aid case and case of toilet articles, and if there is space for other things pack them in lay the pillow bag on top of the mattress bag, place clothing by the side and on top of the pillow bag, being careful to keep the contents of your pack rectangular in shape and of size to fit well over your back. Illustration 32 Camp Pack Blanket Pack 33 Pack Harness need Save some things to carry and how to carry them, if not adding too much to the weight. Include many things from your personal belonging list, of these articles you can carry some in the pockets of your campsuit. Everything being in the pack, fold over the sides and ends, making a neat, compact bundle, tie it securely with a piece of soft rope and across its top place the blankets with poncho inside, which you have previously made into a roll to fit. Bind pack and blankets together. Attach the pack shoulder strap and swing the pack on your back. Pack straps or harness can be obtained at any camp outfitters. A different style of pack may be a bag with square corners. All seams strongly stitched. Then bound with strong tape. Cut two pieces of the waterproof cloth. One about 16 inches wide. And the other 18 inches. This last is for the front and allows more space. Let each piece be 21 inches long or longer. Unite them with a strip of the cloth six inches wide and sufficiently long to allow flaps extending three at the top to fold over from both sides across the opening, you will then have a box-like bag. Make one large flap of width to fit the top of the back, and length to cross over on front, covering the smaller flaps and fastening down on the outside of the front of the pack. All three flaps may have pockets to hold small articles. The shoulder straps may be either of strong government webbing which comes for the purpose. To blamp with, or leather. With this pack the blanket and poncho could be made into a thin roll and fitted around the edges of the pack, or made into a short roll and attached to top of pack. When feasible it is a good plan to pack your smaller belongings in wall pockets with divisions protected by flaps securely fastened over the open ends. The wall pockets rolled, tied, and carried in the camp pack. These pockets are full at camp, they help to keep your things where you can find them. Next best is to use small separate labeled bags for a different variety of duffel, and pack them in one or two duffel tube shaped bags, which may be bound together, constituting one pack. From 18 to 24 pounds is average weight for a girl to carry, it all depends upon strength and endurance, some girls can carry even heavier packs, while others must have lighter ones. Beware about loading yourself down too heavily, packs grow heavier and heavier, never lighter on the trail, Blanket roll pack side trips from camp for only one night's bivouac will not need a backpack, the few articles required can be carried in your blanket roll. Spread the poncho out flat, rubber side down, then your blankets on top, and group the things you intend to take into two separate oblong groups, one on each side of the central space at one end of the blankets, push the articles in each division closely together, leaving the space between the divisions empty. Kneel in front of your blankets and begin to roll all together tightly, taking care not to allow any of the duffel to fall out. When the roll is complete, tie the center with strong, soft string, and also each end, and make a hoop of the roll by tying together the hanging strings on the two ends. Wear the blanket roll over left shoulder, diagonally across back and chest to a rest over right hip. If you have forgotten a few items, tie the things to the bottom of the blanket roll and let them hang like tassels. Duffel bag articles for general use while at camp can be packed together in one or more duffel bags, if but one bag is needed, provisions might go in the same receptacle when space and weight permit, it is much better, however, to have a separate bag for provisions, packing provisions you can make or buy separate two bags of different heights, but all of the same diameter, and pack flour in one, cornmeal in another, and so on, having each bag labeled and all, when filled, fitted in one duffel bag. You will find these bags a great comfort. They should be of waterproof canvas with drawstring at the top. You can purchase friction top cans for butter, etc. of varying depth to accommodate different quantities which will fit well in the large provision bag. A duffel bag is usually made cylindrical in form with a disc of the cloth sewed in tight at one end, and the other end closed with drawstrings. It is well to have another cloth disc attached to one spot at the top of the bag, to cover the contents before the drawstrings are fastened. A great variety of desirable camp packs, including duffel bags, pack straps, harness, and tump lines, may be purchased at the camp outfitters, investigate before deciding upon homemade camp packs. Pack baskets can also be obtained, but all the good-sized pack baskets I have seen, while attractive in appearance, are too rigid, bulky, sharp-edged, and heavy to be of use to girl campers, having decided that the wilderness is the place to locate. Unless you can manage to camp with very little in the way of extra packs, you will be obliged to employ a guide to assist in the carry, possibly two guides, as wilderness trails do not permit of a vehicle, or even a mule or horse, being used to help in the portage. Should your camp be on a more accessible site, the easy portage can be taken advantage of and the problem readily solved, but the charm of the real forest camp with all its possibilities for genuine life in the wilderness more, far more. Then compensates for the extra difficulties in reaching camp. Really. Though, the very difficulties are but part of the sport, they give zest and add to the fun of the trail. Chapter the Outdoor Handicraft Camp Furnishings Dressing Table. Seats. Dining Table. Cupboard. Broom. Chair. Racks. Birch bark dishes. Etc. Camp is the place where girls enjoy most proving their powers of resourcefulness. It is fun to supply a one with the mere natural raw materials found in the open. And when you succeed in making a full article of outdoor things, the entire camp takes a pride in your work and the simple but practical and usable production gives a hundred percent more pleasure than could a store article manufactured for the same purpose. Be comfortable at camp. While it is good to live simply in the open, it is also good to be comfortable in the open. And with experience you will be surprised to find what a delightful life can be lived at camp with but few belongings and the simplest of camp furnishings. These last can in a great measure, be made of tree branches and the various stuffs found in the woods, illustration, handicraft in the woods, details of the outdoor dressing table, comb racks of forked sticks and of split sticks, dressing table a nearby tree will furnish the substantial foundation for your dressing table and washstand combined, if you can find a side piece of a wooden box, use it for the shelf and fasten this shelf on the trunk of a tree about 2 and 1 half feet or more above the ground, Cut to rustic braces and nail the front of the shelf on the top ends of these supports, then nail a strip of wood across the tree as a cleat on which to arrest the back of the shelf, fit the shelf on the cleat and nail the lower ends of the braces to the tree, strengthen the work still more by driving a strong, long nail on each side of the top center of the back of shelf, diagonally down through the shelf, cleat, and into the tree. It is not essential that the straight shelf edge fit perfectly to the rounded tree. But if you desire to have it so, mark a semicircle on the wood of size to fit the tree and whittle it out. Should there be no piece of box for your shelf, make the shelf of strong, slender sticks lashed securely close together on two side sticks. For cleats and braces use similar sticks described for board shelf. When the shelf is made in this way, cover the top with perch bark or other bark to give a flat surface. Hang your mirror on a nail in the tree at convenient distance above the shelf and your toothbrush on another nail. The towel may hang over the extending end of the cleat, and you can make a small bark dish for the soap. Your comb can rest on two forked stick supports tacked on the tree, or two split end sticks. Camp seat stones, logs, stumps, raised outstanding roots of trees, and boxes, when obtainable, must be your outdoor chairs, schools, and seats until others can be made. Two trees standing near together may be used to advantage as uprights for a camp seat. Cut a small horizontal curve or notch at the same height on opposite sides of both trees. Get two strong poles green wood. Fit them in the wedges and nail them to the trees, then lash them firmly in place. Be absolutely certain that these poles are of strong wood, firmly attached to the trees and not liable to slide or break. Make the seat by lashing sticks across from pole to pole, placing them close together two more long poles fastened to the trees at a proper distance above the seat would give a straight back if a back is desired but it is not essential with a folded blanket spread over it the seat alone is a luxury camp table a table can be built in much the same way as the seat and will answer the purpose well if one of boards is not to be had for the table make your cross pieces about 22 inches long nail them ladder like but close together onto poles and make this tabletop flat on the surface by covering it with birch bark tacked on smoothly. Having previously fastened two other poles across from tree to tree. As you did when making the seat. You can lift the tabletop and lay it on the two foundation poles, then bind it in place and the table will be finished. Another way of using the tabletop is to drive four strong, stout, forked sticks into the ground for the four table legs and place the tabletop across. Resting alongside poles in the crow's nests of the stakes, where they may be lashed in place. Benches for the table can be made in like manner, only have the forked stick legs shorter, raising the seat about 18 inches above the ground. Camp cupboard A cupboard made of a wooden box by inserting shelves, held up by means of cleats, will be found very convenient when nailed to a tree near the cook fire. Hang a door on the cupboard which will close tight and fasten securely. Have this in mind when making out your checklist. And add hinges, with screws to fit, to your camp tools, camp broom with a slender pole as a handle, hickory shoots, or twisted fiber of inner bark of slippery elm, for twine, and a thick bunch of the top branchlets of balsam, spruce, hemlock, or pine for the brush part. You can make a broom by binding the heavy ends of the branches tight to an encircling groove cut on the handle some 3 inches from the end. Cut the bottom of the brush even and straight. Camp chair if you had a good size length of canvas or other strong cloth. Make a camp chair. For the back use two strong, forked stakes standing upright. And use two long poles with branching stubs at equal distance from the bottom. For the sides and front legs of the chair, in the crow's nests of these stubs the bottom stick on which the canvas strip is fastened will rest. Each side pole must be fitted into a one of the forked high back stakes. And then the top stick on the canvas strip must be placed in the same crow's nests but in front of and resting against the side poles. Thus locking the side poles firmly in place. To fasten the canvas on the two sticks, cut one stick to fit across the chair back and the other to fit across the lower front stubs. Fold one end of the canvas strip over one stick and nail the canvas on it. So arranging the cloth that the row of nails will come on the underside of the stick. Turn in the edge first that the nails may go through the double thickness of cloth. Adjust this canvas covered stick to the top of the chair. Allowing the cloth to form a loose hanging seat, measure the length needed for back and seat. Cut it off and nail the loose end of the canvas strip to the other stick, then fit one stick in the top of the upright back sticks and the other stick in the bottom stubs. Camp close press if you are in a tent tie a hanging pole from the tent ridge pole, and use it as a close press. Blanket bed to short logs will be required for your blanket bed. Be thicker the better. One for the head and one for the foot. Also too long. Strong greenwood poles, one for each side of the bed, your blanket will be the mattress. Fold the blanket, making the seam, formed by bringing the two ends together, run on the underside along the center of the doubled blanket, not on the edge, lap and fasten the blanket ends together with large horse blanket safety pins, and with the same kind of pins make a case on each side of the blanket fold, then run one of the poles through each case. Chop a notch near each end of the two short logs, in these notches place the ends of the poles and nail them securely. Have the short logs thick enough to erase the bed up a few inches from the ground, and make the notches sufficiently far apart to stretch the mattress out smooth. Not have it sag. A strip of canvas or khaki may be used in place of the blanket if preferred. Camp hammock by lashing short cross pieces to the head and foot of the side poles The blanket mattress can be a hammock and swing between two trees. Having been attached to them with rope or straps of slippery elm, beech, or black birch, birch bark dishes, it will be easy for girls to make their birch bark dinner plates, vegetable dishes, baskets, dippers, etc. Soften the thick bark by soaking it in water. When it is pliable, cut one plate the size you wish. Lay it on a flat stone or other hard substance and scrape off the outside bark around the edges, allowing the outer bark to remain on the bottom of the plate to give greater strength. Use this plate as a guide in cutting each of the others. With your fingers shape the edges of the plates in an upward turn while the bark is wet. Using the smoothest side for the inside of the plate. A large bark cornucopia with bark strap handle can be made and carried on the arm in place of a basket when off varying. Variations of circular, oblong, and rectangular bark dishes may be worked out from strips and rectangular pieces of birch bark. And all dishes can be turned into baskets by adding handles. When necessary to sew the edges of bark together, always have the bark wet and soft, then lap the edges and use a very coarse darning needle with twine of inner bark fiber or rootlets. Have ready hot melted grease mixed with spruce gum to coat over the stitching and edges of the article. Or you can use white birch resin for the same purpose. The bark utensils will wear longer if a slender rootlet or branchlet of pliable wood is sewed with the over and over stitch to the edge of the article for round and oblong dishes or baskets. Sew so together the two ends of your strip of wet bark, then sew the round or oblong bottom on the lower edge of the bark circle. In this case it is not easy to elap the edges. Simply bring them together and finish the seam with the addition of the slender rootlet binding. Rectangular dishes are made by folding the wet bark according to the diagrams and fastening the folds near the top of both ends of the receptacle. These will hold liquids. Cooking utensils a forked stick with points sharp and makes a fine toasting fork or broiling stick for bacon or other small pieces of meat. The meat is stuck on the two prongs and held over the fire. A split end stick may be used for the same purpose by wedging the bacon in between the two sides of the split. Your rolling pin can be a peeled, straight, smooth, round stick, and a similar stick. Not necessarily straight but longer may do duty as a biscuit baker when a strip of dough is wound spirally around it and held over the fire. A hot flat stone can also be used for baking biscuits, and a large flat-topped rock makes a substitute for table and breadboard combined. If you have canned goods, save every tin can when empty, melt off the top, and with nail and hammer puncture a hole onto opposite sides near the top, and fasten in a rootlet handle. These cans make very serviceable and full cooking pails without a long-handled cake turner from a piece of thin split wood and also without a large flat fork make a number of paw hooks of different lengths they are constantly needed at camp select strong green sticks with a crow's nest on one end and drive a nail slantingly into the wood near the bottom of the stick on which to hang kettles, paws, etc. be sure to have the nail turn up and the short side of the crow's nest turn down as in diagram campers employ various methods of making candlesticks One method is to lash a candle to the side of the top of a stake driven into the ground, or the stake can have a split across the center of the top, and the candle held upright by a strip of bark wedged in the split with a loop on one side holding the candle and the two ends of the bark extending out beyond the other side of the stake. Again the candle is stuck into a little mound of clay, mud, or wet sand. If you have an old glass bottle, crack off the bottom by pouring a little water in the bottle and placing it for a short while on the fire embers. Then plant your candle in the ground and slide the neck of the bottle over the candle. Steady it by planting the neck of the bottle a little way in the ground and the glass bottle will act as a windbreak for your candle. Never leave a candle burning even for a moment unless someone is present, it is a dangerous experiment. Fire cannot be trifled with. Put out your candle before leaving it. A good idea before going away from camp when vacation is over is to photograph all the different pieces of your outdoor handicraft. And when the prints are made label each one with the month, date, and year and state material used, time required in the making, and comments on the work by other camp members. Be sure to take photographs of different views of the camp as a whole, also of each separate shelter, both the outside and the inside, and have pictures of all camp belongings. The authors will be greatly interested in seeing these. Chapter VI Making Friends with the Outdoor Folk in the Woods, the Fields, on the shore. Stalking animals and birds there is but one way to make friends with the folk of the wild, and that is by gentleness, kindness, and quietness. Also one must learn to be fearless. It is said that while animals may not understand our language they do understand, or feel, our attitude toward them, and if it is that of fear or dislike we stand little chance of really knowing them, to say nothing of establishing any kind of friendly relations with them, by quiet watchfulness, keenness of sight and hearing you may obtain a certain amount of knowledge of their ways, but when you add real sympathy and kindly feeling you gain their confidence and friendship, make them understand that you will not interfere with or harm them, and they will go about their own affairs and afraid in your presence, then you may silently watch their manner of living, their often amusing habits, and their frank portrayal of character, as a guest in the wild, conducting yourself as a courteous guest should, you will be well treated by your wild hosts, some of whom in time, may even permit you to feed and stroke them, they do not dislike but fear you, they would rather be your friends than your enemies, the baby animal which has not yet learned to fear a human being will sometimes, when in danger, run to you for protection, this must win your heart if nothing else can, stalking you may stalk an animal by remaining quiet as well as by following its trail, to even see some of the inhabitants of woods, fields, And sure you must be willing to exercise great patience and conform to their method of hiding by remaining absolutely still. It is the thing that moves that they fear. Some of the animals appear not even to see a person who remains motionless. At any rate, they ignore him as they do a stump or stone. For this quiet stalking, find as comfortable a seat as you can where you have reason to think some kind of animal or animals will pass and resign yourself to immovable waiting. If the rock beneath you grows unreasonably hard or the tree roots develop sharp edges, or the ground sends up unnoticed stones of torment, if your foot goes to sleep, or your nose itches, bear the annoyances bravely and your reward will be sure and ample. If the wait is unduly long and movement of some kind becomes imperative, let such movement be made so slowly as to be almost imperceptible. Remember that in seeing, suspicious eyes will be attracted by any sudden action and the faintest sound will be heard. For these spell danger to the wilderness folk and if frightened away they are not apt to return. Keep your ears open to detect the first sound of approaching life. There is a thrill in this experience, and another when the animal you had heard comes boldly out before you. Then it is you will find that, in some mysterious way, all bodily discomfort has vanished. Your whole being is absorbed in the movements of the creature who is unconscious of your presence, and there is no room for other sensations. More animals may appear and perhaps a little drama may be enacted as it for your benefit. It may be a tragedy. It may be a comedy. Or it may be only a bit of everyday family life. But you do not know the plot nor how many actors will take part. And your very uncertainty adds zest to the situation. Animals found on the trail The animals most frequently seen in the woods where there is no longer any large game are the chipmunk. The red. The gray. And the black squirrel, The rabbit and hare. The fox weasel, pine marten, woodchuck, raccoon, opossum, and skunk, also the pack rat of the west, the whitefoot and field mouse. In deeper and wilder forests there are deer and porcupine, though deer are found quite near habitations at times. In more remote places there are the moose and caribou, the bear, mountain lion, lynx or wildcat, and the timber wolf. The wolf island however, equally at home in the open and at this day is most plentiful on the wide plains of the west. Unless your trail leads through the remote wilderness, you will hardly come across the more savage animals, and when you do invade their territory it will give you greater courage to call to mind the fact that they, as well as the smaller wild things, are afraid of man. Our most experienced hunters and our best writers on the subject of animal life agree that a wild animal's first emotion upon seeing a human being is undoubtedly fear. When you come upon one suddenly you may feel sure that he is as much frightened as you are and will probably turn aside to avoid you unless he thinks you are going to attack him. All wild creatures are afraid of fire, therefore the campfire is a barrier they will not pass, and a blazing firebrand will drive any of them away. Birds among the feathered tribes of the woods you will find the owl, the woodcock, and the grouse, of the smaller birds, the nuthatch, the wood and hermit thrush, whip-poor-will woodpeckers, woodpewee, and others, most of the birds prefer the edge of the woods, where they can dip into the sunshine and take long flights through the free air of the open, but the hermit thrush, shyest and sweetest of singers, makes his home deep in the silent, shadowy forest, in these depths, and oftenest near a bog or marsh, you may also hear the call of the partridge, or more properly, the rough grouse, as given by the writer William J. Long, the call is like this, root." With quit, p r r r root p r r r root oit p r r or perhaps you will be startled by the rolling drum call. This begins slowly, increases rapidly, and ends something like this: dum 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 dum. The drum call is made by the male bird who, beating the air with his wings, produces the sound. It is said to be a mating call, but is heard at other times as well, long after the mating season is over. Stalking the rough grouse if you want to see the birds. Stalk them when you hear their call. Wait until you locate the direction of the sound. Then walk silently and follow it. As soon as the birds are sighted slip from one tree to another. stopping instantly when you think they may see you. Until you can conceal yourself behind a bush, tree, or stump near enough for you to peer around and have a good view of your game. It may sometimes be necessary to drop to your knees in order to keep out of sight. If you have heard the drum it is the cop that you have stalked and, if early in the season, you will soon see his demure little mate steal through the underbrush to meet her lordly master as he stands proudly on an old log awaiting her. The, with quick, call may lead you to the hen grouse with her brood of little chicks which are so much the color of the brown leaves you will not see them until they move. If the call comes later in the year you may come upon a flock of well-grown young birds who have left their mother and are now following a leader. The rough grouse is a beautiful bird. He is yellowish-brown or rusty, Splashed with black or dark brown, And white, With underparts of a light buff, His beak is short and on his small, Dainty head he carries his crest proudly, His shoulders bear epaulets of dark feathers, Called the ruff, And his fan-like tail is banded and cross-barred, The nest of the grouse is on the ground, Usually against a fallen log, At the foot of a tree, Or in a hollow made by the roots, Or it may be hidden amid underbrush, It is easily overlooked, being made of dry leaves with, perhaps, some feathers. In the season it contains from 8 to 14 eggs. Woodcock The woodcock, another forest bird, seldom shows himself in broad daylight except when hunted, then he will rise a few feet, fly a short distance, drop and run, hiding again as quickly as he can. You will know the woodcock from the rough grouse by his long bill, his short legs, and his very short tail. He frequents the banks of wooded streams or the bogs of the forests and, like the grouse, nests on the ground, but the woodcock's nest seldom contains more than four eggs, beaver along the shores of sluggish streams, of lonely lakes and ponds, you may see the beaver, the muskrat, very rarely the otter, and sometimes an ugly little, long-bodied animal belonging to the marten family called the fisher, bees are all interesting, each in its own way, and well worth hours of quiet observation, the beaver, otter, and fisher choose wild, secluded places for their homes, but the muskrat may be found also in the marshes of farmlands. On the edges of our Long Island meadows the boys trap muskrats for their skins. You will find the beaver house in the water close to the shore and overlapping it, though strongly and carefully built. It looks very much like a jumble of small driftwood, with bleached sticks well packed together, and the ends standing out at all angles. The sticks are stripped of their bark and the house gleams whitely against the dark water. The houses vary in size, some being built as high as five feet. The beaver is rarely seen early in the day. Most of his work is done at night. So the best time to watch for him is just before dusk or perhaps an hour before sundown. It is not well to await to see the beaver if your trail back to camp is a long one. Leading through dense forests, you would far better postpone making its acquaintance than to risk going over the, perhaps, treacherous paths after dark. Night comes early in the woe.